welcome to the Educate, Empower, and Evolve podcast. My name is Haley Vera, and my mission with this show is to help you acquire the knowledge that you need to evolve into the best version of yourself possible. If you feel like you're drowning in the information available to you online, come hang out with me on the E3 podcast and learn simple, effective strategies to help you balance your hormones, increase your energy, heal your guts, and optimize your mindset. I promise to provide you with science-backed knowledge that you can make empowered decisions for both your health and your happiness. Thank you for tuning in and lending me your ears. Now let's get into today's episode. All right, friends, welcome back to no longer your vibrant life podcast. I'm sure that you've just listened to the intro and you may be excited. You might be a little bit confused. But I have just switched over and transitioned to the E3 podcast. And so this is the first episode of 2023. And I have an absolute gem with me on the podcast today. So welcome, Sam. Welcome to the E3 podcast. So happy to have you back. Hello. (laughs) So exciting. I remember (laughs) our first podcast episode together. I went back and listened to a little bit of it. It was like, I think it was episode 18 of 2022. Yeah, And I remember talking to you about it beforehand and you were so nervous. I was so nervous. And now you like show up and you're like, oh yeah, it's a podcast day. Sweet. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. I've just seen so much growth in you over the last year. It's absolutely like, it's mind blowing. It's so cool. Thank you. I honestly, I like, I was reflecting on it yesterday too. And I was like, damn, like we've come a long way. I think when did I, I first started coaching in like March, I think. And I was like, okay, (laughs) we're making some progress. Yeah. How many clients do you have now? I think we're at 22. Amazing. I love it. Yeah. That's so fun. That's so much yeah. growth over the year. Yeah. That's I know. super cool. So Sam is one of our head trainers at Health Pillars and she's a full-time online coach. And Sam specializes in hormones and gut health. And that's why I brought her on the podcast today. Our first podcast episode together was actually on endometriosis because Sam has experienced and gone through endometriosis herself. And you have it in remission or under control, right, Sam? Yeah, I don't experience any more pain with it. Amazing. And Mm -hmm. so Sam has done extensive research and trial and error and the different supplements. Her partner actually is the regional manager of Popeyes. And so Sam has been exposed to a lot of knowledge on that <laughs> side. And I know how like nerdy is Steve. Yeah, it's so nerdy. <laughs> absolutely loves the supplements. And so you've been exposed to an absolute wealth of knowledge on that mm-hmm. side. And then obviously like with being coached yourself and getting life coaching and becoming a coach and doing your nutrition and personal training, you are yeah. an absolute wealth of knowledge. And so if you're out there and you're struggling with PCOS or endometriosis, make sure you stick around to the end of the podcast because I'm going to share where you can find Sam and how you can reach out to her if you are curious about what is it she does and how she can help you with your lifestyle. So at Health Pillars, we're very much focused on long-term sustainable results and really permanent results, You know, getting things into remission and keeping them there, losing the weight and keeping it off. So Sam is your girl if you have any gut health or hormone issues going on. So let's just talk a little bit about what PCOS is. And then we're going to give them all of the juicy details on how they can help themselves. So what exactly is PCOS then? Okay, so PCOS or polycystic ovary syndrome is like one of the most common hormonal disorders in women. Like it affects 10% of women. And it's basically um, strongly influenced by your environment, genetic factors, and lifestyle. 
it has a lot to do with like your hormonal and metabolic issues. And it can be caused by like a lot of inflammation within the body is where it stems from. And like insulin resistance can be a part of that as well. Yeah. So for a lot of women, they say 10%, but I would argue that there are so many women out there that are not diagnosed. No, the symptoms of having PCOS go along with (laughs) a lot of just hormone imbalances. Yeah. People might just think I have a general hormone imbalance. And that could mean that you have infrequent periods. You could have acne. You could facial hair. Yeah. Facial hair. That one is a bit of a, that's a, that's one is definitely (laughs) an indicator of PCOS because a lot of the other symptoms can be mistaken for Mm -hmm. just PMS, right? Just poor hormone balance, acne, irregular, infrequent periods. Weight gain is a big one for women with PCOS, like struggling with weight. And that has a lot to do with the the insulin resistance side of things. And then difficulty with fertility and how many people have, you know, fertility issues these days and increased anxiety and depression. How many people chalk up anxiety and depression just to their general lifestyle or that they're a victim of, you know, the anxiety and depression and they can't control it. It's, you know, anxiety and depression is so strongly linked to inflammation, to poor gut health and things like that. So Signs and symptoms of PCOS can be very confusing because they're, they can correlate with so many other things. It can literally be like, I have no period or I have a really heavy period. And you're yes. like, okay, <laughs> where am I? Where am I? Yeah, exactly. And the other things, right? Like weight gain. I just mm-hmm. have a poor metabolism or acne. You know, I'm just prone to acne. A lot of these things actually have to do with androgen excess in the body, which is what polycystic ovarian syndrome is. It's related to androgen excess. And I did a little bit of research into what it is that actually causes that androgen excess. Like, why do we end up with too much? It ends up being too much testosterone, actually. So the the hormone that we have an abundance of that actually causes that follicular cyst is, or that ovarian cyst is testosterone. And there is, you know, I started looking into like the, the science and the receptors and all that because kind of <laughs> I love that side, but it's, yeah. not, it's not a functional thing to teach people because yeah. cares, like what the names of the receptors are. No, their eyes are going to glaze over. <laughs> yeah. They'll totally glaze over. I love it. I think it's so fascinating because <laughs> I can connect it to other things yeah. uh, and gut health and stuff like that. But I think that when we're looking at it, there's ovarian cysts and like follicular cysts, and then there's PCOS. And yeah. if you had like just ovarian cysts or follicular cysts, how do you think you'd be able to define if you had PCOS or if it was just a cyst? Usually if it's just a cyst, there will be just one. And like I've experienced an ovarian cyst before and when they rupture, they are so painful. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times too, they will go in and like surgically repair or remove them. And then like polycystic ovaries, are just going to be like small bumps that accumulate on the outside of your ovaries, which is basically like, that's the difference. Yeah. So if you look at, if you actually Google the images and I, I can actually pull them up, this is a video, but <laughs> I'm not gonna, it's, gonna, it's kind of, I don't know. I don't like looking at it, but I'm like, Ooh, that's inside me. So on your ovaries, there's like a bunch of tiny little cysts and that yeah. is usually indicative of PCOS. One large cyst or a couple of cysts that recur or come back, that's normal. When your eggs start to, I guess, evolve throughout your cycle, if they do not 
burst and release the egg, then we end up with a cyst. And you can get that fairly frequently. People say that they don't know why it happens, but I'm on the side of if your body's stressed, if there's a lot of inflammation, then yeah, yeah your hormones are not yeah. going to be balanced. And if your hormones are in balance, <clears throat> then there's going to be an irregular signaling in the body and you're probably not going to have that release of the egg. And so then you're going to end up with a cyst there instead of that egg being released. Mm-hmm. And so If you think that you have PCOS, I would go get like an ultrasound on your ovaries and then the doctor will be able to tell you, yeah, you have multiple small cysts all over your, both of your ovaries. That will be PCOS. If you look, I've had a big cyst rupture. And actually the first time I ever had a cyst that was really painful was after my first COVID vaccine. And I'm not going to go into any kind of Oh, yeah. COVID. That's why I didn't get it. (laughs) I was scared. (laughs) Yeah, I was terrified of getting the vaccine, but I was living in Whitehorse and my family was a 33 hour drive away. It was like, am I going to get a vaccine or never see my family? Because I didn't know how long that vaccine passport was going to be around for. So I ended up doing it because I wanted to be able to see my parents. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) anyways, I ended up after my first vaccine, I had a very large death rupture and it was so painful. And so, like I said before, inflammation, imbalances in the body, like that viral infection, or I guess it wasn't an infection, but that viral, whatever they put in those, I'm not not a vaccine expert by any (laughs) at all, would have disrupted the systems, right? And so therefore, Mm -hmm. you can have that as a result. And so for me, I know that like major stressors on my body can result in cysts. Mm -hmm. And if that's you, and you don't have PCOS, then maybe it's more around like stress management, and like general lifestyle. But either way to help with not getting cysts, it's lifestyle, gut health and stress management for sure. Yes. I feel like that's like pretty much general for a lot of things that go on in life. (laughs) Yeah, it totally is. But I think sometimes like you mentioned genetics and genetics do play a role because sometimes we can be born with genes switched on or off. But what Mm -hmm. people don't understand is that you can change genetic coding in your body. You can change what gene are turned on and off with your lifestyle. Even if you were born with a gene turned on that makes you more susceptible to obesity or insulin resistance or, you know, PCOS, turn genes on and off with lifestyle, with changing the micronutrients in your diet. And it's it's so, I think that we kind of get stuck in this victim mentality when it's like, I was born like this. Well, maybe you've had it from a young age, but that doesn't mean that you have to stay like that forever. 100%. Cool. And you're a living proof of that, right? Because it was something yeah. that you felt very out of control of when you were younger. Yeah. Like my mom had it like endo. My grandma, not 100% sure, but we would assume my aunties had it. And I would say I'm the only one who didn't go through a hysterectomy to mm-hmm. get rid of them or like not have the pain anymore. And yeah, yeah, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah. And I think that sometimes the extremes that we go to, to resolve those things like hysterectomies, before we're prescribed lifestyle changes, yeah. it's, it's absolutely mind-blowing to me. Like, here, let's just take out your uterus instead of correcting your lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, let's chat a little bit about gut health and the impact on PCOS, because I know gut health has a massive impact on endo yeah. uh, with the bloom and our gut's ability to recycle estrogens. But with PCOS, we know that one of the main drivers is inflammation. Yeah, so chronic inflammation. Chronic inflammation. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit just about like leaky gut and and how that can impact PCOS? I feel like you would probably know a little bit more about that with Absolutely. like leaky gut if you want to explain that because mm-hmm. I don't want to like mess anything up. No, no. I think just in like a general sense, like 
you understand that the gut is totally yeah. responsible for inflammation. Like if yeah, our body is inflamed, like we know like arthritis, general pain, aches and pains, a lot of that can be like stemmed back to gut health. Yeah. Um, so like inflammation is basically occurring when like the bad bacteria in our body or in our intestines or in our microbiome create inflammatory molecules that leak through the barrier between the gut and the bloodstream causing the immune system to react. So once your immune system is getting agitated or inflammation is beginning in your body, all of your body processes become a little bit more dysfunctional. And then including your hormones and activated immune system can interfere with your insulin receptors as well, which ultimately is leading to the insulin resistance with PCOS. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. And we can we can go deeper into that and talk a little bit more about that as well. But there's a few studies out there that are showing uh, PCOS being related to gut dysbiosis. Mm-hmm. And gut dysbiosis, if you guys don't know what that means, it just means that you have an imbalance of strains of bacteria. So you may have an overgrowth of, for example, like yeast and clostridiums. That's usually more of an issue with endo. With PCOS, I think that there's a bigger issue with negative gram bacteria. And this is where I'll like nerd out for a second. (laughs) I'm learning a lot about LPS, which is lipopolysaccharides. And I was explaining to Sam before that our bacteria have two walls on the negative gram bacteria and our positive gram bacteria have one. And when we're exposed to toxins through our diet or through the air that we breathe or whatever is the food that we put in our mouth or viral infection, bacterial infection, whenever those bacteria are under attack or in danger, they shed that outer layer. And that outer layer is like the lizard losing its tail, but that outer layer, the LPS is called a lipopolysaccharide and it can bind to receptors in the body. And LPS is the most inflammatory marker that we have. And it's being connected to all kinds of inflammatory conditions. And I would be as bold as to say that there's probably a very strong connection between negative gram bacteria, leaky gut and PCOS. And so when we have inflammation and there's inflammatory markers and you have an overgrowth of that negative gram bacteria, now we have more of that agitating the immune system and increasing inflammation. And then when we have increased inflammation, we have a decrease in our insulin sensitivity and cell signaling in general. So why is it, do you know a little bit about the like insulin and how that stimulates the androgen synthesis? Not too, too much. Yeah. I was looking to before, and honestly, some of this information is, I wouldn't, I don't want to say new, like I know I've read on PCOS a lot because I've worked with clients on it, but I focus more on like lifestyle. Here's the nutrients, yeah. <laughs> Here's the, like the nitty gritty science of it. Once you learn it once, you kind of just let that be on the back burner. And then you focus on what are the action steps we need to take? Like we don't need to focus on like what receptors are going on underneath the surface, but basically insulin can cause cells to generate and release androgens directly or indirectly. And so the insulin stimulates androgen synthesis in the ovaries, which means that we are producing more testosterone and that lowers the amount of free testosterone in the body as well, accessible to the body. And then we end up with inhibiting the development of sex hormone binding globulin. So that whole system is basically saying that we have insulin that's causing the release of androgens and those androgens are being released in the ovaries because we actually end up with insulin is very much an anabolic hormone in the body. Yeah. It wants things to grow and testosterone is really good at growth. So when our other tissues in the body, like your muscle cells become insulin resistant, your ovaries don't. And so that's where the insulin can act. Okay. That's cool. Mm -hmm. 
So that tissue isn't insulin resistant. And so even though the other cells aren't responding to insulin, your ovaries still are. And then they're overproducing those androgens, which is causing the cysts to grow more quickly and form. And then Mm -hmm. we end up with a lot of cysts. So yeah. And you're super correct about the immune response as well. The there, I just pulled this from one of the studies, the innate immune response initiates to the binding of LPS to toll-like receptor TLR4, which will induce the release of inflammatory cytokines resulting in systemic inflammation and insulin resistance. So that was- So like high LPS, how are we getting, like, how are those levels increasing and causing damage on the body? It it's kind of depends on the situation. It could be poor diet. So let's say you have a diet that's really high in processed foods Mm -hmm. and there's like chemicals, sucralose, like different artificial sweeteners in there, things that can harm and damage the gut microbiota and the gut microbiome. Those will be basically causing those negative gram bacteria to shed their outer wall. And at the same time, creating an overgrowth of those negative gram bacteria will have a lot to do with, I mean, there's so many different factors could be stress related because then you're producing less hydrochloric acid and hydrochloric acid is really important for controlling negative gram bacteria. There's just like, and it it just goes on and on. It could be nutrient deficiencies. You're not producing bile or stomach acid properly. There's just like an extensive basically um, lifestyle. (laughs) Yeah. It's all lifestyle. It all comes down to lifestyle and diet. And we can say like stress, processed foods and toxins. So maybe you live in a very toxic environment, a city, you work in a factory where there's a lot of chemicals that could be playing a really big role as well. And then obviously if we are exposed to like viral infection, things like that, that can cause a short term, I would call that like an acute inflammation where we get like a, maybe you take antibiotics. Yeah. You're going to have that LPS response following the antibiotics. But at the same time, it's like, there can also be like that smoldering ongoing negative gram bacteria overgrowth and that release of LPS. Yeah. Cool. So let's talk a little bit about micronutrients that are key for insulin sensitivity. Are you talking like supplements and like vitamins and minerals and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a lot of micronutrients involved in insulin sensitivity. There's a ton. I like always like the baseline for everyone. It doesn't matter if it's like a hormonal imbalance or whatever it may be like magnesium, vitamin D and omegas are a given. And then for insulin sensitivity, like inositol, I know you like MSM powder as well, which I enjoy. And then chromium are like my main ones. Yeah, definitely. Magnesium's huge. Magnesium plays a massive role in insulin resistance. So if mm-hmm. you're deficient in magnesium, there's likely going to be insulin resistance going on because magnesium is needed for all of the enzymatic functions to actually metabolize your food, like carbohydrates, proteins, and fats. So you need magnesium for all of those functions. And it's really important for insulin sensitivity to actual insulin receptors. MSM, actually, I've been learning a little bit more on MSM and it's very valuable as an anti-inflammatory for people who don't have enough sulfur in their diet, or maybe they struggle with like, you know, digesting sulfur bearing amino acids, things like broccoli, garlic, those kind of foods. But if there's issues with metabolizing sulfur, it's potentially not the most safeguard supplement. And so, yeah, I know. Because Interesting. I, yeah. It can really help with insulin resistance Yeah, for the right person. Yeah. And so you have to make sure that there isn't like a sulfur digestion. There is a small percentage of the population that doesn't tolerate sulfur very well. 
And Mm -hmm. I don't exactly know how you would know if that's an issue. I would assume that you have a negative reaction to sulfur-bearing foods like broccoli. Yeah. And not just like general gas and bloating. (laughs) That's, do you eat raw broccoli? It's just, that's just kind of like an effort. Yeah. So those are some good ones. Vitamin D, magnesium, omega-3 is our starter kit always for supplements. Mm -hmm. They work synergistically. We need that omega-3 to resolve inflammation. And then from my understanding, when it comes to insulin resistance, the most extensive deficiencies are really in the minerals and trace elements, things like iodine, zinc, selenium, calcium, you mentioned chromium, chromium comes up a lot with PCOS, cobalt, iron, boron, magnesium. So those are the, that's the list that (laughs) people are commonly, isn't that crazy? That's common, common deficiencies. It says like, I looked up like how many people that affects in terms of deficiencies in minerals over a billion people worldwide. And how do they even know that that's like, that's there. That's so many people. And that's an assumption. And that's yeah. all that could, they could be way more because we don't have the ability to test yeah. everyone. Right. So how do we know? Like that's an assumption based on, you know, a small population or, a, you know, a, like surveys or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they're sampling a hundred people or a thousand people, or even they could a hundred thousand people. And they're assuming if, you know, one in a hundred, or I guess it'd be more than that, one in seven, if it's civilian. Yeah. One in seven people has that deficiency, then they're kind of making a blanket statement for a global population. But we know that there's different areas that are underprivileged or that don't have access to. Yeah, don't have the resources. Yeah. So it could be more, it could definitely be more. So trace elements, trace minerals, you would know you're the supplement queen. Do you guys have some good trace supplement products at Popeyes? Like we have all of those individual ingredients. And honestly, like rather, like I honestly am a big advocate for taking just the ingredient on its own. So like a vitamin D rather than a multivitamin or like mm-hmm. chromium rather than the multivitamin. Again, like actually get the correct dosage for yourself just because it's so much more beneficial. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't know off the top of my head what we have there just because it's always changing. Yeah. The multivitamin conversation, I know there's some decent whole foods multivitamins out there, Yeah, but they're often in the wrong ratios and please don't ever go buy a cheap whole foods multivitamin. You're just (laughs) going to stuff up your receptors with a bunch of poorly bound, like zinc. Literally, if you want a good multivitamin, Literally ATP Labs, Total Defense, or HD Muscle, their Vita HD are like my top two that when I was working at Popeyes are the only ones that I would recommend. That's amazing. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So if you do feel like you're deficient in a lot of things, maybe you've had a poor diet for a long time, maybe you're exposed to a lot of chemicals, maybe you're under a lot of stress, maybe you exercise very vigorously or intensely, or you've done, you know, endurance training for a long time, you're you're depleting a lot of those micronutrients because your energy systems and metabolic pathways require them to produce Mm -hmm. energy. So if you're stealing those micronutrients to, you know, boost your energy and go for a long marathon, right, then you're not going to have the available nutrients in your body for other systems to work. So I would say like, if you know that you're really deficient, that I would go get, um, then I would be going to pick up like a multivitamin like that, but you need a good quality. HD and ATP at Popeyes are definitely Sam's recommendations. Mine as well. That would be my go-to. Another thing that you can do is actually, I know that nature is fair and then maybe Popeyes can get this in at some point. They have like little trace mineral virals 
vials of like liquid that you could just do drops and it's That's just cool. like the yeah it's trace minerals you have to be careful that you don't take too many because a deficiency is as dangerous as having too much like if you have too much like cobalt or if you have too much iron or if you can have iron toxicity yeah. you can have zinc toxicity you can get toxicity from any of these if you take them too much so it's really like per person dose dependent and I would be doing blood work. If you're like really struggling with PCOS, go get your blood work done. You want to look at like where your energy systems are sitting and, you know, what's going on so that, you know, your fasting glucose, things like that will really like indicate insulin resistance and then supplementing for, you know, six to eight weeks and then retesting to see how things have improved. There's like, I kind of explain it like the tow truck. Sometimes your body is just trapped in this negative feedback loop your gut health is off and it's making you feel anxious. That anxiety is throwing your gut health off and they just go round and round and round in circles. And then, yeah, you feel depressed and then you <laughs> eat the cookie and then that throws your gut health off and then yeah, it just keeps going. And so to then get, you feel guilty. <laughs> yeah. To get unstuck from, if you're feeling so stuck and so trapped to get unstuck, sometimes you do have to go to the extreme before you can go back. It's like, if the scales are tipped so far on the side of inflammation and insulin resistance sometimes we have to take a buttload of supplements and do mm-hmm. some extreme changes to your lifestyle short term and then you can let things tip back the other way where you're able to enjoy some ice cream and a cookie again and not have to go to crazy extremes and take like 5 million supplements yeah but i feel like there is you know right now i'm doing some coaching and blood work analysis and i get that initial resistance from clients where they're like i have to do what with my diet and you want me to take all these supplements yeah. <laughs> I'm like, not forever. Like, yeah. I'm like, six weeks, please. And then just we'll want to heal your body. Yeah. Sometimes we have to go to an extreme to fix an extreme. Mm-hmm. And that can be really tough for people because I know that we preach like small, sustainable changes. But if you're doing the, the little things and it's not helping, then you do the big things. Sometimes we got to do those big things. And sometimes that is supplementation. I don't want to just talk about supplements, though. Like, what about diet? Can you talk about how you coach? I know that you're really good with like emotional eating and well-balanced nutrition. But yeah. If you have a client that has PCOS or endometriosis, what are you recommending for them for their diet? Okay. So I have a client right now who she didn't have her period for, I think it was close to over 150 days and we just got it back, which is really exciting. And she was on like a pretty... I don't want to say extreme, but she was like limiting certain foods just because they weren't meshing well with her and her goal for herself. And like, I'm obviously not going to say names or anything is that she wanted, she wants to get her period back. She wants to have a family. So what we did was we just kind of obviously eliminated the processed foods, the sugars, the like alcohol, saturated fats and stuff like that, and really avoided soy based proteins and foods so like tofu or like miso soy milk just because it does mess with your hormones a little bit when you are consuming a lot of it same with like more cruciferous vegetables like broccoli or like brussels sprouts and stuff like just because your body sometimes struggles to break those down a little bit more into your body some gluten gluten I like for everyone is never really a thing for me (laughs) and then like some red meats we did reduce a little bit as well and then she ended up getting her period back and she was just really consistent with it and 
she did so good and we're not eating like that anymore like she's starting to incorporate more foods into her diet but yeah it's just being more aware of what you're putting into your body yeah and I think it's funny I'm working with a client right now who smoked weed and this is not related to PCOS but smoked weed chronically for years and then you know started to eat healthier and feel better and started to stop smoking weed and then now is at the point where it's like doesn't want you don't want to go back because you realize how good your body's designed to feel and I think that when we're stuck in that like that when your baseline is so low yeah it's easy to stay there because you don't know any better. You don't know any different. It's like, this is my normal. This is how I feel every day. And you don't know that normal is actually shitty. Literally, like (laughs) some clients that I have who have maybe haven't been eating consistently or like only eating one or two meals a day, which is a thing which is mind boggling to me, or just like, just haven't like incorporated a more whole foods approach into their life. Haven't. And once they have, didn't actually realize how shitty they were feeling or how like constantly bloated they were, or like, like that was just their normal, that they just thought that's what it was. <laughs> oh my God, it's so crazy to me. And then all of a sudden you take it out and then you yeah. put it back in one day and yeah. you're like, holy shit, well, I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. Right. And it's like, it's me. That's me with like dairy. I remember being in, we were just in Mexico for eight weeks. And so Tyler's like, do you want to get an ice cream? And like, every time he asked me, I was like, thank you so much for asking. I appreciate you wanting to include me. No, thank you. And then one day, I was was like, yeah, let's let's do it. I'll have some ice cream. And I have a pretty strong lactose tolerance. Yeah. I felt like shit for like four days. I was like, no, no, thank you. I will just pass. I think that what people are afraid of is sacrifice. I have to sacrifice all of my favorite foods. You will no longer think those foods are your favorite when they make you feel like shit. Yeah. You'll no longer have that relationship with food where you think that you need it for pleasure and that by letting go of it, you're sacrificing. By not letting it go, you're sacrificing your health, your happiness, your hormones, your fertility, your longevity. Like, because guaranteed when you're like constantly bloated, not feeling good, constipated, diarrhea, whatever it is, when you're feeling like shit, your mind, like your mental health is also feeling like shit. Oh, it's a, it's a two-way street for sure. Yeah. It's a, actually, I would call it a loop. When you have yeah. one system off and say, let's let's just say you're really stressed. We know that that stress triggers carb cravings, sugar cravings. It throws off your gut health. You don't digest food well. Mm-hmm. And then now you're not digesting food well and you're putting shit in because you're craving sugar. And then that throws up the inflammation and the inflammation causes anxiety. And then you want to do something to calm yourself and get some serotonin so you eat some more carbs and sugar. And it's just this loop and you just go, it just starts spinning faster and faster and faster. And then it feels like you, it's just becomes, you're coping. You're not driving. You're not living. You're not empowered. You're literally coping. And then we end up with, you know, medication to Mm -hmm. help us cope instead of sometimes we just have to make, and that's, I just did a podcast recently on discomfort is the, the currency of your dreams. And it's like, if you're uncomfortable right now, why not do the uncomfortable things to be more comfortable, you know? Literally. And the sacrifice. And Tyler and I talk about this all the time. It's like people don't want to get started on a fitness program because they don't want to sacrifice. They don't want to they sacrifice. Don't want to change. I saw your reel on TikTok. I died. The Grinch one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was so funny. But anyways, they don't want to sacrifice the binge watching Netflix and they don't want to yeah. sacrifice 
their DQ stop every single Friday night or their skip the dishes or the pizza or whatever it is, they feel like that's a sacrifice. But the sacrifice is this. The sacrifice is your fertility, your health, your happiness, your mental state. Like, mm-hmm. I know that some days I wake up feeling anxious, but I know that it's because I'm putting a lot of pressure on myself. Yeah. I know that that anxiousness isn't coming from like gut derived inflammation until actually I just went on, I just had a kidney infection and had to take a bunch of antibiotics. Yeah. And then I would go to sleep at night with my heart pounding in my chest. And I was like, is this how people like live? It is. Just like feeling constantly irritated and uncomfortable. And it was up in, it was probably in the last like five to 10 days where I feel like my gut health is like finally back to normal. I'm taking a ton of, ton of supplements. It's ridiculous. But I finally feel like my energy systems are kind of coming back. I have like, I have like good cardio again. I can train yeah. hard. And when I was feeling that way, I was thinking, oh my God, when people are stuck in this space of like lack of health, you know, poor gut health, whatever it is, is this how they feel all the time? Yes. <laughs> and then I thought back to like, you know, my early 20s and I was like, shit, yeah. this is a, totally how I felt 10 years ago. This is exactly how I'd wake up every day, feeling anxious, feeling irritated feeling out of control, feeling like I needed to binge and restrict, like, well, I can't have those carbs and yeah. binge eating later. So anyways, we could go into this all day, but if you are <laughs> struggling with PCOS, I can promise you that the discomfort of changing your lifestyle way less than the discomfort that you're in now. You're the birth control queen. I have never taken birth control, honestly. Oh, yeah. proud of you. <laughs> thank you. Actually, yeah. that I tried like one month when I was in university and yeah. I was like, Absolutely not. This feels horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Did doctors prescribe birth control, like IUDs and things to stop PCOS because it stops you from getting your cycle? I'm just curious. I don't know 100%, but I think so. Yeah. I want to look that up <laughs> just briefly. I feel like, ah, okay. Healthline tells me that birth control is the safest and most effective way to manage PCOS. Thanks, Healthline. Yeah. 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 Love that. <laughs> it's my favorite. Oh, frustrating. Healthline gets me every time. Yeah. I Google, every time I Google something, I'm like, thanks, Healthline. Yeah. We'll never call you for help. No, the birth control train. Like, I don't like to get into it too much because obviously, like, it's your choice what you're putting into your body. But the birth control is just, it's not the answer. Like, if you're using birth control to control birth, then by all means do it. But if you're doing it because it's going to clear up your acne or it's going to help a painful period or like, take your period away I just there are better ways mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> the whole like the whole not get ever get your period ideas freaks me out okay but so I was on birth control I think like 14 or 15 which is sorry mind-boggling to me <laughs> <laughs> that like that was even a thing my doctor he was like yeah you're probably gonna have endo because all of the girls in my or all the women in my family have it so he's like you should take this because it's going to help help you. So I was on birth control for almost 10 years, got off the pill because I was so severely in pain, depressed, anxious, bad times. Anyways, then they asked me if I wanted to get an IUD and I was like, sure, like no period sounds awesome. So I (laughs) went and got an IUD. It was the Marina, which is the hormonal one. And I have never been in so much pain in my entire life from having a foreign object inside of my body. And I had it for like three weeks. And I was like, please get this out of me. And I went into Emerge because my doctor was closed because it was like, it was 
I think it was like right now, like the time that we're in, mm-hmm. like holiday wise. And I went into Emerge. They took it out. He's like, are you sure you want me to take it out? I was like, yes. And he's like, okay, but like it costs a lot of money. And I was like, please, please get this out of me. And like, it took like a lot of like convincing for them to actually remove it. And then it was like instant relief. That's funny, actually. I forgot that. I How did I forget that? I also did. I mean, it was more, I think it was acne related. Yeah. Because I was on acne medication for a, a long time when I was a teenager. And then yeah. they decided that birth control would be helpful. And yeah. I remember getting an IUD and it was the same thing. I think I was three weeks, but I bled for like three weeks. Yeah. And then I went to the doctor and actually I was seeing a healthcare practitioner, touch for healthcare practitioner. And she did a live blood analysis and she's like, you need to get that out of your body. Your body's rejecting it and it's causing a ton of inflammation. Like you need to get it out. Yeah. So I went and got, and it was the same thing. There was so much resistance from the hospital. They were like, oh, you know, it's, you know, it's important. And what are your plans for pregnancy prevention? I was like, like go away. Was it your business? Like, yeah, it's my body and I don't want this in it. So yeah, I did try that for like three weeks. So I think my birth control experience has totaled about four weeks of my entire life, but that's okay. I know that birth control is the answer. It's not a Band-Aid and doctors give it out like it's mm-hmm. a like a Band-Aid. Here's a magic pill that will solve all your problems. It's not solving shit. It's Band-Aiding it. And it's not helping you to change your lifestyle because if it makes those symptoms go away, that does not mean that you've lowered inflammation, that you've improved your gut health, that you've improved your energy systems. It doesn't mean any of that. It just means now there's hormones in there that are masking other hormones to make things seem more balanced, which is scary. (laughs) I get a little lost on that. Okay. So we've talked about supplements, talked about nutrition. Let's give them some advice for lifestyle. Lifestyle. Yeah. Just being aware of the food that you are putting into your body. Like we were saying, like processed foods, sugars, gluten, alcohol are all I would say like some of the main reasons we struggle with a hormone imbalance and just our gut health. So yeah, just being aware of the foods, our bodies will heal and they will function as they're supposed to when we start showing our body love and what it needs. And you will be amazed what will start happening once you start incorporating like more whole foods and daily activity into your life, making sure that you're moving, getting some exercise. And I know it kind of sounds like a broken record, but literally like exercise, nutrition, your stress levels are so important for your body and your health and your hormones. And then just being patient and understand that balancing hormones and like this lifestyle and healing your body, it takes time and you might not see results instantly or you might, but just being patient and understanding that repairing your gut health and balancing your hormones and fat loss, all of that, it takes time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. One more tip because I'm uh, I love the gym, not just exercise, but like strength training. Yeah, it's like people go into like these classes and shit, and I'm like, that's okay. Like if you want to move your body and sweat, go yeah. go to the Orange Theory class. That's cool. But if you want to correct insulin resistance and you want to fix PCOS, go pick up some heavy shit and put it down again. And that's <laughs> yeah, general rule of thumb. Build some muscle. <laughs> yeah, build some muscle because. Muscle is the most insulin sensitive tissue in terms of like, if your body needs to store glucose, it wants to put it in your muscles for energy or in your liver. So the more muscle you have, and also post-training, that's when you can have your simple carbs. You know, if you really have a bit of a sweet tooth, have that, you know, 
oatmeal with the syrup on it or the Rice Krispies or whatever it is mm -hmm. post-workout and your insensitivity will be upregulated. And so you can enjoy some simple carbs with PCOS post-training. Any other time of the day, I don't recommend it. I recommend your carbs to be complex and with fats and proteins included so that you lower the glycemic index and make it easier for your body. Yeah. Anyways, thank you, Sam. You're an absolute <laughs> Yeah, gem. you're welcome. I love you on our team. And if I had hormone imbalances, I would hire you. So if people are seeking a lifestyle coach for anything gut health or hormone related, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at Sam Francis with an underscore or on TikTok, which I am slowly building and getting more consistent with, which is the same username, but with two underscores at the end. And then on Facebook, just Samantha Francis. Perfect. Your TikToks crack me up. Some of you <laughs> like your Grinch one. I literally watched it like five times. And I also got Tyler to watch it. And he was like, she's literally, you can, she's like voicing over. He's like, but you can tell she's speaking with the Grinch accent. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching the movie the night before. I was like, oh, this is perfect. It was so good. You, you nailed it. All right. Thank you so much for coming on the E3 podcast today, our first episode of 2023. Thank you for joining me on this conversation. And I hope this was helpful to our ladies out there. And if you're a dude and you got to the end of this podcast, I love you because <laughs> you are making a difference because sometimes it takes our partner's encouragement and support to make a change. And if you have a partner who has PCOS or endometriosis or is struggling with hormones, or you have a sister or a sibling or a loved one or a mom, this is your calling. Like this is your opportunity to be like, Hey mom, I listened to this podcast today. And I think I have someone that might be able to help you. You know, it's like, I know that it can be tough as a, a male to tune into a podcast on hormones, but I did put on period periodization. And I was like, dudes, if you're tuning into this, don't tune out because it's about periods. Keep listening. Yeah. And I actually had a couple of guys message me and be like, thank you. This was so helpful for my girlfriend. It is. It's very important that like, and I feel like not all men, but a lot of men are uneducated in just the women's reproductive system. Yeah. And it's so important to be able to communicate why you're making changes to your lifestyle yeah. in order to heal from these kinds of things. And if your partner understands that, you know, bringing you home chocolate and pizza every Friday isn't helping you to heal, that maybe they'll help get on board with like cooking some healthy meals with you, you know, getting out for a walk after dinner. And so I think it's really important that, you know, you be able to communicate that. But anyway, Sam, thank you again for being here. <laughs> Um, You're we'll welcome. Have, love Thank having you. you on the show. Yeah. Peace, love, and personal <laughs> growth, you guys. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode on the E3 podcast. I had so much fun sharing my knowledge with you, and I hope that you enjoyed today's show. If you found value in this episode, the number one thing that you can do to support the show is share this episode on your social media platforms or leave a review. If you'd like to find out about the lifestyle programs I offer online, go to healthpillars.ca and click apply today to fill out an application for coaching. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Peace, love, and personal growth.